0: Blog Talk Radio. Music. Almost February in 2013 is Thursday, January the 31st, and you are tuned into The Mind Whisperer. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Michael Gordon, and we're here to discuss all kinds of interesting provocative issues that relate to spiritual psychology for daily life. What does that mean, spiritual psychology? Uh, That means that we're looking at issues that relate to how we are in the world and in in terms of what our generally regarded as spiritual principles how we interrelate with one another what our places in in the universe of uh, uh what is consciousness how does consciousness relate to our uh, life's purpose and our life's values our highest values as a society what kind of society we want to um work towards and evolve towards etc etc and d- these are all loosely under the purview of what's called transpersonal psychology, which grew out of humanistic psychology. Humanistic psychology is, was uh, deemed the, the fourth wave of psychology that uh, in that it was looking at the holistic concerns of the individual, not just from a psychopathological point of view, um, as opposed to behavioral or experimental psychology. So, I think that uh, humanistic was the third wave, and transpersonal was considered the fourth wave. I'm going to have to go back and look at that. It's been a while since I looked at all those terms. Um, but regardless, here we are, and we're continuing our uh, discussion from the last program, which was provocatively titled, uh, Liar. Are you really being honest with yourself, and are you living from your highest values? So why is this such a an important discussion, and why do we want to look at... Uh, question like, are you lying to yourself or are you being a liar? And what we're really doing here is poking at this structure of the ego that we are also bound up in, in our daily lives. And it's a question of really taking the wrapping off a little bit and looking what's really underneath. Because the ego, again, is really just a functional aspect of of identity and consciousness to get through the world. I mean, you, you need an identity to move through the world. You need to have some sense of personality. But it really isn't a, a, a fixed structure or a, necess, a necessity in terms of you know, evolutionary adaptation, and certainly not in a spiritual sense. It's just a very functional tool. Um, but mind is really, and consciousness is really, what we're looking at in terms of a quality of self with a small S as opposed to big S, which would be your fixed identity, and that's where we get trapped. And so that can become very much um, a product of external influences or what we perceive to be expectations on us. And that's what we were talking about last time, and it's it's sort of a running theme here on the show about what what happens with this uh bubble that we're in with with this identity and how it prevents us from really just living authentically. And I don't mean that there's some kind of fixed answer about yourself that you should have in terms of this is who I really am and this is how I am in the world. Then again, we're sort of solipsistically, you know, coming back in a circular way to this reference point which is fixed. And really what it is, is living openly, with an open heart, from a genuine interaction with people um, with qualities of curiosity and compassion, and et cetera. And that's got a very Buddhist flavor to it. So last time we were talking about these concerns and um, asking the question, you know, how do you know if, if, let's presume, you know what your strongest values are, how do you know if you're living from them? And secondly, um, what if you don't know what your values are? So very quickly, uh, if we presume that you know what your, highest personal value in the world is, which is what what I mean by value is what's most important to you, what's your operating principle above all else, what is your non-negotiable. So we could refer to, going back to humanistic psychology, the um, somewhat widely known principles of um, Abraham Maslow, which is the hierarchy of needs. So you have your B needs and then your A needs, and your B needs would be, you know, fundamental needs. And... uh, your a needs would be the fundamental needs, and your such as you know shelter and food and you know making a living, etc. And then your higher needs would be you know self actualization. And that and he actually was responsible for really um, bringing that term into into uh, widespread awareness. And so that's what we're concerned with on the show is, is self actualizing and, and bringing out the most authentic you. So uh, the answer to those questions is you look at what shows up in your life. And if what's showing up in your life doesn't resonate with your highest um, sense of purpose or your, what you designate to be the most important qualities of living to you and how you interact with others, then, then you're out of alignment. And if you're not sure what your highest value is, then um, you need to look at what are your non-negotiable things in life. You know, we all want to make money and be... Comfortable and, and take care of our families and have some career goals, etc. But those are more goal-oriented and fall within the first, you know, uh, hierarchy of needs. The higher hierarchy of needs, using Maslow's pyramid, as we're going up towards the peak of the pyramid, would be: What do I have to do before I leave this earth? What's the most important thing to me, or what's the most fundamental quality that I have to express? Um, and I need to express to be truthful to who I am in everything that I do. So that brings us to today's program, which is looking at uh, the second half of this, is what is the consequence of not living that way from being connected to your highest value? Well, the first thing is referring to another pillar of um, this is the psychological, theoretical canon, if you will, uh, from what's called depth psychology and analytical psychology, is Carl Jung. And Jung suggested that we all embody a shadow side to our psyche. What that means is is that there are aspects of our consciousness and how we function as psychological beings in the world in our subjective experience that are not in our conscious awareness. And this is sort of the subconscious and where all those tools of analytical psychology uh, were probing to find answers about what makes us tick and what our individual pathologies are, really, if you think about it, um, what makes us in you know, Freud's way, you know neurotic, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So Freud famously developed uh, free association as a way of sort of prompting and probing and getting the conscious to cough up what's really going on underneath. But Jung, in a more lyrical way, referred to the subconscious as, as having a shadow side, and that's you know, when you have nightmares, for example, your mind is processing out the deeper aspects of its self-referential. Conceptualization of the world and and it's 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 visceral experience of the world. It's, it's your deep subjective mind, and so when we look at that in terms of uh, as a, as a way of describing our experience in the world, then it's interesting because a shadow really is something that follows you around. The world is, uh, if you look at it in terms of the metaphor of a of a, sh- of a shadow in light, the world is projecting. It's it's stimuli onto you. We're in the world, which is a world full of light and illumination and and activity and experience. And the shadow is what's cast off of how our subjective mind and our psyche uh, reflects that inwardly. And so it's kind of like sunglasses in a way, rather than a shadow. It's, it's, It's filtering, is another way of looking at it. But it filters it in a way that we're not quite aware. It's casting a shadow on the wall. Um... And uh, another another way to reference that is would be Plato's uh, the cave where the beings in the cave are only experiencing the world through the shadows on the wall that's coming in from the light outside of the cave. Do they ever experience the you know in, the empirical world as it is outside rather than just a, a representation of the world? So if our shadow is following us around all the time when we're not aware of it, then it can really run the show. And this is where analytical psychology really took off. You know, and it becomes valuable to have some kind of self inquiry, and and through meditation, be or creative work, to really unearth what's there in your shadow self, because it's it's rich territory, and it, it 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 gives us insight into what our deeper motivations are, and and also our deeper joys and hopes and fears, etc. Well, the other aspect is is if, if your shadow is there all the time and you're not aware of it, then it's going to have a profound effect on the decisions you make and your sense of self in the world and whether you, you, life is running you or you're running your life. You know, the tail wagging the dog, so to speak. But I also like to think that everywhere you go, your values also go with you. So it's a way of turning that around and rather than feeling prone to your life running you or your shadow side hijacking or ambushing you, I should say, in situations. How did I end up in this situation? Oh, well, my shadow side, you know, is defining my interactions because I haven't worked out these issues about my family of origin or uh, my deeper sense of self. And, you know, and it could be spiritually, it could be in terms of your sexuality, it could be in terms of your creative self, et cetera, et cetera. But when you focus When you embrace that shadow side and say there are aspects to myself I don't understand, but I'd like to understand them, for example, now you're into sort of a spiritual relationship to the world, that you want to have an openness and curiosity and and a sort of fearlessness about the mystery of experience. And so you can engage the world from a place of what your values are. And so then this becomes paramount because everywhere you go, you're filtering what you're doing and how you're interacting with the world through your values. And the danger of not doing that and, say, just operating haphazardly from your shadow side is that you can end up feeling quite resentful. You set situations up and other people somehow, in a sort of like a childlike way, being responsible for that which you're not doing for yourself. And it's sort of a passive-aggressive relationship to the world. So you can be resentful, you can be depressed, because you know deep inside on in some intuitive, if not conscious level, you're not really doing what's true for you. And in a more pronounced expression of that, for example, and this is something I find a lot with the clients that I work with, is it sets you up to become uh, martyr-like martyr in the sense of uh christ-like in or you know that you are somewhat of a victim but you also are operating as a way that's some kind of dishonest in that you perceive yourself to be altruistic and helping everybody or wanting to be interested in helping the world or helping your family But in a way what you're doing is very dishonest because you're sacrificing yourself in the process And so that's the idea of the martyrs, the the negative connotation of the martyrs in in psychological sense, not the political sense, for example, is that uh, I don't really matter, you know, you go ahead. And then the funny joke about that, and I tell a Jewish joke, I'm Jewish, and it definitely has some semblance of reality to it. You know, how many Jewish mothers does it take to screw in a light bulb? That's okay, darling, you go outside, I'll sit here in the dark, never mind, I don't mind, God forbid you should be in the dark alone. And that's you know kind of expresses what martyrdom is uh the other of course huge downside to living uh with embracing your shadow and 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 learning about uh who you really are and letting that truthful self come out is of course you're going to live in with a, uh, the sense of being held back and and um a lack of fulfillment and self actualization but also regret and you end up later in life later in life looking back on what I didn't do. And that's really, you know, the, the, it's somewhat of a cliche, but I think there's an element of truth that we don't regret what we do. We regret what we don't do. We regret the life that we don't live. And so if, if, if you turn that around and you reverse engineer for backwards from a life where you, where you did live the life that you wanted and you did take choices, take risks, then it requires you to be courageous. It requires you to examine your life in the moment on a on daily basis and say, you know, what's going on in the shadow? Or is this thing that's showing up that's uncomfortable and difficult and challenging me my shadow side? And how can I now reinterpret what I'm doing by connect by filtering it through my highest values, my top non-negotiable values? Well, action-packed show today. Lots jammed in there. Um, we talked about depth psychology. We talked about spiritual values and your operating principles and your shadow side. And I hope that this is... Uh, fruitful for you today, and there's some, you know, fertile ground there for you to explore and think about, and and some tools to look at your life a little bit differently today as you go through the day. And also, more importantly, as always, to have a sense of empathy that not everyone is operating from their highest self, and that they're (laughs) all just struggling with the same concerns. So I hope you enjoy your day. Tune in next week. We plan to have a guest speaker, and we'll see you then on The Mind Whisperer.